Welcome back to the Feet of Darkness. This is Vivian L. Miller. I'm here again with C.J. Jones. And today we're going to talk about, um, I'm not even sure the title yet, but it's we're talking about the recompense of the Lord. We're going to talk about the vengeance of the Lord, which is different than revenge, and we're going to get into that. So how are you doing, Cheryl? I am having a, an amazing day. How are you? Good. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. <laughs> All right. So we have talked a lot in, in our private conversations. We've talked a lot about the things that are going on in the world right now and how many things are not just, not right. Uh -huh. And the, there comes a point, the Lord is merciful. And because he's merciful, people assume that because he's merciful, they can just continue doing whatever they're doing forever and ever, and uh -huh. nothing will happen. Right. But we're coming to a place where it isn't going to be that way anymore. Right. It is time. Um, it is time for the church to uh, get right with God. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not right with him, you better start getting there. And it's time for the Lord to make right what has been crooked to repair what has been broken. Amen. To renew what has been dead. I mean, it's time for things to turn around. Um, Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, vengeance is different than revenge. You know, people get angry and they get bitter and things happen and they decide they're going to take revenge on other people. That is not the same thing. Right. The vengeance of the Lord, I looked it up in um, the Strong's Analytical Concordance. It's number 1556. It means vindication, retribution, and punishment. So then I went to the um, Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And looked up the word vindication, the mm -hmm. defense of anything, justification against denial or censure or accusations. Retribution is yeah. repayment, return accommodated to the action, compensation. If there's been good actions, there's, there's reward. Right. If, if there's been evil actions, then there's going to be a repayment, a return accommodated to the action. And some people aren't going to like what they get. Oh my goodness. You're right. <laughs> oh goodness. Some people have been completely without shame, completely without a moral compass, completely without any care about anybody else except what they want. Right. Well, we're told also in, I believe, what is it, Second Timothy or First Timothy 3, what people were going to be like in the, in the, the end times. You want to find that? Yeah. It looks like it's Second Timothy. So it is Second Timothy. Yeah, there. Okay. Go ahead and read the first few verses where it talks about that, please. Okay, I'll read down from uh, verse one to verse five, and it says, 
You should also know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and have no interest in what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act as if they are religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And you must stay away from people like that. And in the King James, it says, Know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. The word perilous is dangerous. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. There's a lot of form of godliness going on right now. Yeah. On that social media platform that you and I are on. Right. Somebody came on and he, and he said something to the effect of, are you Christians? Where's your tolerance? And, more, <laughs> and I could tell that it was a demon. Yeah. And my response was, he was talking to somebody else. And my response was, the word tolerance is nowhere in the Bible. Mm, that's true. It's good thing you said that. I bet I made him think. Tolerance never um, is. That's what has created the problems we have now. It is. The church has been tolerant instead of standing up and saying, no, this is wrong. Well, I think the church is also afraid of of, uh, being labeled as um, unloving and judgmental. So we have, we've tolerated. What's the favorite word that they use now when they don't like what you say? What Um, do they call everybody? Starts with an R. Oh, racists? Right. Yeah. Because people were, were, would be ashamed to be called a racist 20 years ago. And now everything is racist. If you don't agree with a certain segment of people then you're racist right well it's so easy i mean how easy is it to just change a definition of a word and make it make it about what it's not really about you know they're using words that don't make any sense but it's it's all boils down to well you don't agree with me therefore this i'm going to label you as this and it makes it to them somehow they've they've managed to make it make sense to themselves i guess you can justify anything at at some point but the thing of it is, is that um, look at how the enemy has used language. True. We have yeah. talked about the power of words. I don't know how many times, but it right. always goes back to our words. Right. 
we're either going to agree with God and get his results, or we're going to agree with the devil and get his results. But the, the enemy has used words in the culture to change the definition of words. So people are okay. using words that either are, they've become non ineffective mm -hmm. because people are not, don't understand. Most people don't understand the majority, even right. in the church, don't understand that every word they speak is going to create a harvest. Right. So they speak words just to make sound or just to communicate, not understanding that if you are purposeful with your words, you're going to change the result that you see. Correct. But they don't understand that. But, no. what, but you know the enemy understands it because he keeps changing the definition of words. Uh, that's really what it's become about, you know, uh, just changing the definition of the word. Right. It really and, has. And if you've noticed, when we're talking about the word, like the word of God, people are changing what they're they're changing scripture to fit right. their narratives right but that's what they're doing it's, it's changing changing the definition of words and we're changing the definition of certain you know godly terms right you know just to fit a narrative so that they can go ahead and sin and feel good about it right or so they can ignore something that the lord is prompting them by the holy spirit to stand up against this mm -hmm. and they go along with it and stay silent Right. And the Lord's, it's coming to a point where the Lord's had enough. As merciful and as kind and as gentle and as long suffering as he is, it's right. coming to a point where there's going to be vengeance. Well, it's like, it's that, that, uh, you know, I get, I'm, I'm subscribed to an email that I get every, every once in a while and I send it to you. Right, and I've read it multiple times. Yeah, and it's it's it multiple times. It's about the reckoning. There is a reckoning that's coming. Right, and you don't want to be on the receiving end of that if you're not, you know, aligned up, aligned with with God and and His word and His values and what He says is is the truth. So I, you know, we need to caution people that. Um. It is coming and you want to make sure that, that you are in line with what God says and not what people say. Not what society says, not what yeah. culture says. Right. I mean, we have churches that are allowing people of a different lifestyle to be the head of the church, to be the pastor. Right. That's not something we can allow right. according to the word. That's true. You remember that video I sent you from a, a different website with that? I can't even remember the uh, the denomination. It may have been, uh, it was a denomination and I can't really, I can't remember which one it was. But Maybe she was better a... better not to say it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, it was a female pastor. Um, I'm going to say probably homosexual pastor because that's, what I was getting out of that, but what she was preaching from the pulpit was absolute blasphemy. Right. And I'm saying, you know, it was so, it was such a woke message. And I know people understand what we're saying when we say woke. Um, it's not the same as being awake, 
there's there's a difference in the awakening and just being woke so she was preaching her little woke message and it was absolute blasphemy and i'm like if these people are sitting there and if they're not getting up right now and running or even after the services or if they're not running as fast as they can from this church then they're going to go they're going to burn with the ship well and the thing of it is is james talked the book of james if you don't, you know, don't desire to be a teacher because de- teachers hold more responsibility. It's right. You know, I'm I'm um, paraphrasing here, but I mean, teachers have the greater responsibility, and they have to teach what's right. A couple of times I've mentioned um, Ezekiel 36, and I was wrong on the chapter. I have to correct that. It was not Ezekiel 36. It was Ezekiel 34. Okay. And the Lord had me read it this morning and he it says um let me see here son of man starting at verse two son of man prophesy against the shepherds of israel prophesy and say to them thus says the lord god of unto the shepherds woe be to the shepherds of israel that do feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks you eat the fat and you clothe, you clothe you with the wool and kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty you have ruled them. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but it goes, the whole chapter deals with shepherds that have not taken care of their sheep. Right. And the Lord says, in essence, I'm taking those sheep from you and giving them to a shepherd who will take care of them. Right. And there are a lot of people who have left churches and maybe not, maybe they're not even going to a church currently because every church they've been to, they've been, they've been mistreated they've been ignored they've been told to sit down and shut up i can't count the number of churches i've been in over the years right basically told me sit down and shut up we don't want to hear what you have to say right and they they're doing damage to they're doing damage to the flock they're doing damage to people that may be anointed to do something marvelous in these last days but because they were treated like that by people who should know better, mm-hmm. the enemy is going to use that to pull them away from, from God. That's true. God is not the one who did it. No. It's some no, man who felt threatened because maybe they saw something in that person that they didn't even see for themselves. Right. And they were threatened by it. Yeah. The people in the in a pastor's church, they don't belong to the pastor. They belong to God. He's the steward over those people. Right. And I think that's something that needs to be emphasized for oh, yeah. pastors or to the pastors. That these are right. not your people. This is the flock that God has entrusted you with. Correct. So. Correct. And it goes back to what we talked about when we were talking about tipping sacred cows. Yeah. How... 
you know, people, because pastors are not studying the word for themselves, they're repeating what they may have heard in seminary or they're repeating what they might have heard from their mentor or they're not really studying the word for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're giving them religious tradition that is that will put them in bondage instead of setting them free. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen, too. And a lot of those people have been so religiously brainwashed that if you do try to say to them, look, this is not how it really is in this in, in, book of Job is a great example. This is not not what it really says in the book of Job. Go study it out. Spend time with the Lord, listen to the Lord and getting your definitions from the Strong's Concordance. And you'll find out that's not what happened. Right. What you were taught was not happening. And they will argue with you and they will argue with you as though, you know, no, that's what we know. This is the, the right thing. But like we talked about, I think it was last time we were together. If God treated people the way we think he treats people. Mm-hmm he should be arrested for child abuse. <laughs> That's true. Because he's not that way. He's not. He's not. He's absolutely not. He's merciful and he's just. Right. And he's long suffering. I'm like, Lord, can, can we hurry it up here? Right. Some of the things I've, I've been seeing, and I know you've done the same thing. Yeah. You know, can we hurry this up? Right. And he's like, he's, he needs, I, I heard Jesse say a couple of times, he said, Lord, let me do it. You take too long. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I've said that a few times myself. Yeah, because it's it's he's so merciful. But people mistake that mercy for weakness. That's true. They mistake meekness for weakness. Yeah. And this is not a time... This is Absolutely a time not. For, I mean, for church no. for the church to rise up and be and become the 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 full manifestation of the sons of God, mm-hmm. because all of creation is waiting for that manifestation, as it says in, in Romans eight. Right. You know, I know it probably sounds to a lot of people like we spend a lot of time bashing the church because sometimes I sit here thinking, man, we do that a lot, but that's not really what we're doing. You know, it's not bashing the church. It's trying to encourage them to, to, stand, up. to stand up and, and stealing, the, stealing the title of one of your books, you know, take their place. Right. Stand up and take your place. Do you what know? God has called you to do from the foundation of the earth. Right. Um, Acts 17.26 says that he chose the bounds of our habitation and the times we would live in. It is not an accident that we are in this time. Exactly. He didn't just go, oh, I think I'll just put Cheryl at this point. No, he planned it out. And if you and I and the rest of the people that are on this earth at this point did not have what it takes to go through what we have to go through and come out victorious, Mm -hmm. we would have been born in another time frame. Right. He would have put us in a different time frame in a different place. Right. He's the ultimate planner. He is. And that's. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not. He does not make any mistakes whatsoever. So we are here. 
at his behest. We are here mm-hmm. because this is where he wanted us because this is where he knew that we could do the most good. Correct. So it's it's our response. From the foundation of the world, he put us mm-hmm. there. Exactly. So we, we have a responsibility. Yes, we do. And I don't want to stand before him like I told you last week. I don't want to stand before him and hear him say, well, well. <laughs> I want to hear him say, well done. Like well done. Servant. Right. And going back to that reckoning, I was reading that, that email again uh-huh. earlier today. And he, and he talked about the reckoning is coming for those who refuse to give up. If somebody lets go of what they've been standing for and just says, forget it, this is, you know, this is overwhelming. What I'm seeing is overwhelming. Nothing's, nothing's turning around. Forget it. Uh-huh. He is no longer obligated to turn it around for them. That's true. He will still turn it around for those who are standing and believing and expecting him to t- turn it around. But for those that have thrown up their hands and said, forget it, I, it's too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. He's no longer obligated. We have a covenant relationship with him. Yes. We are joint heirs with him. Right. Praise God for that. And the only way it's going to work is if we're standing and believing and trusting and expecting him to, to work on our behalf. That's right. Trust in him. Galatians 6, the Lord just quickened me to this. Um, 6. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to decide where to begin because every time I think about it starting in a certain place, I look up at the one before, the verse before it and back up. Um. Okay, let's start at verse, Galatians 6, start with verse 3. For if a man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not, not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. Number uh, voice, um, Verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. Maybe? No. It says, if we faint not. Mm Mm-hmm. We will reap, but it's dependent on if we think not. Going back to that covenant relationship. He's not obligated if you quit. That's right. Have you ever had a a temptation to quit? Constantly. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. Daily sometimes. but, But I know that we have a covenant relationship with him. And if I don't hold fast to my confession of faith without wavering, which it says in Hebrews 10, he's not obligated to fulfill it. Right. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And these people that we're seeing in government, in communities, um, supposed to be supposed to be leaders, and they're they're doing everything for themselves. Everything is about me, 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 me. Uh-huh. Those people are going to. They're going. There is a reckoning coming. Oh, definitely. And vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That's that's absolutely right. And He will make it right. That email talks is a very long prophecy, but it talks about um, those that have been held back to the point where they give up their calling because they're just so frustrated. That's what right. the enemy has done all these, you know, eons. Uh-huh. He's constantly trying to talk us out of becoming who we are, manifesting who we are. You're right. It's, that's a long prophecy, but it's really good. And, it really is. Well, I printed it out, but it's just too long to read. But, you know, I've, I've you know, been keeping it close by and reading it myself. But it's, I mean, it's, it's something that I think everybody at some point should read. And <laughs> I wish I had a way. But it's so, it's so good. Um because we've all been, we've, we're all going through it right now. You know, we're at that time to where it's, you know, we feel like a lot of us are being just beat up every day. And, and it's because the enemy, the time is short. Mm-hmm. The enemy knows his doom is inevitable. Right. And he's, it's just like a, 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 a bratty child that you've told to go to bed. And that bratty child may be exhausted, but he's going to fight every step of the way to not go to bed. Right. And as soon as he hits that pillow, he's asleep because he was tired. That's why he was so bratty. Right. That's right. That's what's going on with the enemy, too, because he knows his time is short. Yeah. And he's tried multiple things to try to delay it. And the Lord's done with this. Well, he's been pretty. Because I think, you know, if, if the church had been doing what we were supposed to do, and you know, I've had this conversation many times, that if we had been doing what we are supposed to be doing, that this probably would have been over a lot sooner. Right. A lot of it would have never manifested. Right. If we had been doing what we were supposed to be doing the whole time. Exactly. But because so people give up, because they allow the, the third dimension trials and and challenges and and um, hindrances and obstacles to cause them to stop they never get to see the glory of god right and there are whole denominations that will tell you that healings passed away and god doesn't doesn't reveal his glory anymore that was for the old testament show me the date in the in the new testament where it stopped show me the passage it has the date when it stopped uh, you know, that's, that's something that I have trouble with myself is, is that not, not believing that it's passed away. Cause I know that it hasn't, but when the word says God is the same today, yesterday and forever, except when it's June 22nd, um, 2022, 2000, 2022, <laughs> 2022, then God's not the same since midnight this morning. Well, no, that's not uh, what it says. There's no date. There isn't. And it does it his 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 work will never stop. 
until Correct. until you know we've we've gotten through this and it's, it's we 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 are on a mission we are on a mission from God right now and right now what we need to be doing as Christians is is putting on our armor every day getting in there and getting our hands dirty getting down in the trenches we should be battling this every single day be through this by now if we were doing what we were supposed to be doing and what frustrates me is that and we've had this conversation we've had so many conversations about a lot of things we, we should record more of our conversations we really no. should <laughs> go back and listen to them but we've had a lot of conversations about you know um what we should be doing is you know staying you know really just fighting this battle and and i lost my train of thought to be honest with you on that one it was a good it's, thought it's, it's okay it'll come back if it's if it, if it needs to be said it'll come back i will say this <laughs> That's right you mentioned putting on the armor of god every day yeah i yeah. i've been back and forth with that over the years and probably the last 20 years i don't put on the armor of god every day uh-huh because i never take it off Oh, that's oh. Well, there you go. If you never take it off, you don't need to put it on the next day. Well, that's true. And if you take it off and you go to bed, then you're open to whatever the enemy wants to do. That's right. So I just I sleep in my armor. Well, that's an excellent point. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't affect my my level of deep sleep or any of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That just reminded me of those soldiers in the Old Testament. I can't remember what book it's in about the ones who, um, when they're when they bend down to get a drink of water in the in the river, mm-hmm. the ones that would bend all the way down and drink out of the river. There was something about that, but then the ones who would only like kneel on one knee and cup the water in their hands and and bring it up to their mouths because they were always looking and they were Mm -hmm. always aware that was Gideon when they were trying to take the when Gideon had too many people for the Lord the Lord said you have too many people for me too many men for me right and he told them to tell everybody go drink the water at the and he said okay all the people that were that were on one knee and and cupping the water on their face and and looking around they're the ones you keep right of all the others Right. Because they were ready for the battle. Right. Right. And to me, that may be where we are right now is the ones who are, you know, aware are the ones that are going to make it through. Right. And the ones who are not. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Lord is merciful, but, you know, people... I mean, I know we've talked about pastors not teaching the right thing, but people have a responsibility too. If if I'm in a church that's teaching something that I don't agree with because it's not in the word, uh-huh. then I have a choice. I can either stay there and listen to that that straw mm-hmm. or I can find a church that does teach the word. Right. But unfortunately, there's also a lot of people sitting in the congregation that don't know any better because they don't study the word on their own. This That's my point. That's yeah. exactly my point. 
if you study the word for yourself, you're going to know whether it aligns with the word or not. Right. If it doesn't align with the word, you need to find another church. If it aligns with the word, fine. But you need to study, not base it on Pastor Sama Sama told, said it this way, so this is the way it is. Go read it for yourself. Mm -hmm. The word all, never contradicts right. itself. It looks like it contradicts itself in some places. But if you read that, if you're studying to show yourself approved, you're going to find scripture to either show you that that your that impression that you got on that scripture was incorrect, or you're going to find you're going to eventually find scripture that that confirms what you read and that just solidifies what you already knew. It's going to be one or the other. But people don't want to take the time to study it. And Jesus himself said, the words I give you are spirit no. and they are life. That's absolutely true. Be, yeah, we have to be the ones to choose the, the spirit words. Mm -hmm. And when I was listening to Bill Winston today, he said, your words can completely turn around the situation you're in. If people, if every person that listens to this podcast, if every person that sees, reads my books, if every person that, um, you know, we run across, if every person understood the power of their words, we could turn this whole, this whole mess we've seen for the last two years, we could turn it around mm -hmm. on the dime. Exactly. If everybody was using their words on purpose to change right. the result. That's right. And it, it is on purpose. The purpose to do it and speak the right words. You, right. And if you don't know what to say, you don't have scripture for it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Keep your mouth shut. Use the vocabulary silence mm -hmm. until you know what to say. Right. And then speak exactly what the Lord gives you to say. Exactly. Because I guarantee you, when he gives you the words to say, it's going to be the words that cause the turnaround. That's right. It's the same as praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit always prays the perfect prayer. He knows He said, so, you know, praying this is, is often a good thing what we need to be doing because the holy spirit right. will all right he will he'll give you the words to speak you know some there's been many times i, I know for me many times that, you know i just dumbfounded at what needs to be done or needs to be said and, and what i'm yeah i have no clue what i need to be doing or and, and so we'll just pray in the spirit and it'll, the holy spirit will give me that and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't think about that before. But yeah, that's because you and I no. have had that conversation um, back weeks ago when we were dealing. I was dealing with a situation with my son, and I'm like, I don't know how to deal with it. Right. So well, what I started what doing I was you you know, to pray in the spirit for three days, and I did. It only took, it actually didn't take, you know, past the first day to get the answer. Right. I told you, didn't I, if you remember right, I told you that I had never made it to the third day. Yeah. Bringing the spirit. You just, you, you believe you received the wisdom of God, 
mm-hmm. and say, Lord, take care, Holy Spirit, take care of all the people I normally pray about, all the situations I normally pray about. And then just pray and dedicate that time, that prayer time to praying in the spirit about that one specific thing you're dealing with. Right. I've never had to go for the full three days ever. And I've been doing it for over 20 years. Right. Well, it surprised me how the answer Mm -hmm. came. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been employing that technique, I will say, you know, ever since then. And it's, it works. Don't go past the first day really before getting the answer yeah because um, you get what you have to do is get your own brain and your own thoughts out of the way and praying in the spirit does that yeah look at look at mark 11 the lord quickened me to something that i learned years ago and i want to bring it up i don't know if you do this but i learned to do this decades ago and i've never forgotten okay mark 11 says in verse we're very familiar with verse 23, but I want to read verse 24. Therefore, okay. I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. You believe you receive when you pray. Right. Does it say, except when you're praying in the spirit? So when I pray in the spirit, and especially in a situation like this, like you were describing with, with your son. Uh-huh. I say, Lord, you, the word says, if I believe that I'm what, therefore, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. I'm praying in the spirit now. And I believe I receive manifestation of what I pray. Right. I believe I receive interpretation of what I pray. Mm-hmm. And I'm dipping into the well of wisdom. I'm expecting that wisdom to come up, whatever I need to know about this situation. And then I pray in the spirit. Yeah. I'm setting with my words. Isn't go figure. I'm setting with my words, the expected outcome. And that's what we should always do. Correct. (laughs) You said it with your words. Yes. That's what Jesus did. He did the same thing all the way through. And people want to say, Religious people will say, oh, but that's Jesus. Jesus was the word made flesh. And he dwelt among us. That's what it says in John 1. Mm -hmm. Jesus was showing us what to do. Right. All we have to do is do what he did. We have the same Holy Spirit he had. Right. Exactly. And if you notice, it's in myself, I'm just a human being. I'm a woman. That's all. That's what I am. Yeah. But I'm not in myself. I'm in him. And that changes everything. Right. It It should should change everything. (laughs) Right. And if it doesn't, then something's wrong. Every believer, we're, we're in him. We're not just... I'm not just a woman that admit that only admits to every year <laughs> with two granddaughters it. that are older than I am. I'm not yeah. just a woman like that. Right. I'm in him. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference. 
Oh, wow. The church has to put away the pacifiers. Oh, goodness, yes. Preach on that one. I mean, they have to. I had a pastor say something, and I came back on that platform, and I said, thank you so much for saying that. He was talking about quit playing patty cake with people that are sinning. We have to call a spade a spade, basically, is what he was saying. And I said, yes, the church needs to put away the pacifiers. It's time to put the pacifiers, toss them aside, and stand up and be the, the, the manifestation of the sons of God that creation is waiting for. And that creation needs. Right. And somebody said, well, that's a good. Well, the word says we're waiting for it. But yes, they, yeah. are, they do need it. They don't know they need it, but they do need it. Mm-hmm. And, and one person came back and said, that was a good thought. I said, this is the time we're in. This is not just a good thought. This is the time we are in. We have to do this. I don't want this dragged out for for decades because people aren't getting on the stick. All right. I mean, we've been we've been going through too long. Exactly, and we would have never had to do it had we been doing we being the church, the body, all mm-hmm. the church, all the denominations. If we had all been stepping up and doing what we were supposed to do. This all this would have never happened. Exactly. We probably would have been in the marriage at the marriage supper already. And I had I remember reading something last earlier this week. Somebody was saying, you know, well, if you you know, if you, for those Christians who think that Christians can't have demons, I, you know, I, I I would challenge you to to watch this particular video video or whatever. And somebody mm-hmm. came back with a, a, a um, scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5. And I went and read the scripture and I came back as a response and said, that scripture talks about us being sanctified unto him. But right. there are people who knowingly or unknowingly let the enemy in. And yes, we are sanctified by him. But if they let the enemy in, he's going to come in. Yeah. Right. He will take every opening. He will. And it just takes a crack. Mm-hmm. A small little crack. And he'll crack. squeeze his way in. That's right. So it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of being sanctified into him and we don't have to do anything else. We have to stand firmly against the, the forces of darkness that are trying to suck us back over to the darkness. Right. And there's a heck of a lot of that going on right now. I don't want to get into all the things that have been, you know, happening recently, but there's a heck of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to suck our children into it. And they're trying to suck our our teenagers and our college kids. And we can't let we can't allow this to happen. We have no, to it's, use Yeah. It's been going on way too long. To, yeah. We have to use our faith and and clutch, you know, snatch back those relatives and friends. That have been that are in darkness because they don't understand what they're dealing with. Right. Well, I I kind of don't want to unhook right here, but I think we need to. 
because there's a lot to think about and a lot to, you know, what I would say to anyone listening is get to work. Try study to show yourself approved. Learn who you are in the Lord. Right. If you don't, if this is all new to you, if this is something you've never been exposed to, go find some books by Kenneth Hagen Sr. And the Believer's Authority is a great one. Right and Wrong Thinking is another great one. That's the one I started with was Right and Wrong Thinking. There's a faith food devotional that gives you a, a confession to say every day based on the word of God. Get started. Do something. Find your place. Take it. And you can you're you will see yourself being you know, being able to defeat the darkness in your own life and in the life of your family. Because right. no one's gonna come do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. That's right. Amen. So until next time, be victorious, be courageous, be bold, walk in victory, and defeat the darkness. <laughs>